Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. I am your host, Derek, and you are joining us for episode 62 today. And today we are actually starting a new series. We're going to be doing a monthly series on the game Dead by Daylight. And this is a game that I just picked up about a week ago, and I'm really enjoying it so far. And I think it has a lot of potential and a lot of content to cover. So today's episode, if you're familiar with the podcast, you know that our first episode on a game is always an intro episode. So basically, this episode is going to be a lot of the basics. We'll explain a lot of the mechanics of the game and just kind of get into the general elements of the game, basically. So uh, future episodes about the game will be more in-depth things, like we might talk about some of the killers in-depth, things like that. So there's going to be a lot of future content for this game. But this episode will be just the basics. That way, anyone that doesn't know about the game, they can hear this episode and learn more about the game and potentially get the game if they want to. But before we get into that, real quick, our next episode is going to be on Saturday. It's going to be on State of Decay 2. So we're going to do that as we do on every Saturday. And that's probably going to be the final Legacy Guide I haven't covered. I haven't covered the Warlord yet, so we're probably going to do the Legacy Guide and the Warlord on Saturday. And then my next stream, it's likely going to be on Thursday or Saturday. I try to do one a week, so I'm going to try to do one on Thursday or Saturday because I'm off those nights. So stay tuned for that. This episode should come out on either a Wednesday, or if any issues arise, it'll come out on Thursday. But usually I can get out on Wednesday. But without further ado, we do have a guest here today. This guest is a friend of mine, and he knows the game very, very well. And he's going to be joining us for this monthly series. So every month, it'll be myself and ACC talking about this game. So please welcome to the podcast, ACC. How are you? Great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be talking about this game. I've been playing it for so long, and I finally got to kind of enjoy the fun of it. So exactly. You know, I, I saw my friends listen. You had like a thousand hours into the game, so I figured, hey, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. Oh, man. A thousand hours. <laughs> Woo! I didn't know I played that much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says on my friends list. Oh, my gosh. I played a lot. I know I played a lot of hours. I never, never knew I accumulated that many hours. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you played a lot, quite a bit. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely did. Oh, definitely did. Good. Almost, uh, yeah, since launch, so we've been playing it for a long time. Yeah, for anyone that didn't know, you know, when did this game launch? Because I just picked mm-hmm. it up a week ago. Yeah, this launched about, well, originally I believe it launched exactly about three years ago on PC. Um, that's when I first noticed it. I never had a PC, I, I don't have a PC, I'm not a PC gamer, but I was at a friend's house and was like, AC, you're going to love this. I know you're going to love this. I said, what is this? We're talking about some issues. Josh, Michael Myers, I fell in love with this <laughs> And I was like, what is yeah. this? And I, I love to see if it's on Xbox and it's not. Oh. And I waited the day and finally, uh, two years ago, it finally came out on console. Yeah, I didn't get off it since until about a couple months ago. And see, I kind of had the same experience. You know, um, a friend of mine and, you know, someone that's been on the podcast before, Fall Down Go Boom, he was uh, streaming it on a Friday night and. I was checking it out. I was at work and I was on lunch. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, actually. And I basically kept uh, his stream going, you know, while I was going back to work. And I'm like, this game is really cool. So I got home um, Saturday morning. I checked out, you know, all the details of the game and I ended up buying it on Sunday. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's what it does to you. For yeah. some people are like, oh, my God, this is too scary. Get away from me. Or they're like, oh, my God, this is really fun. I want to be chased or I want to. I want to kill you know <laughs> yeah I, I had heard the name of the game before you know i heard people talking oh dead by daylight and like i had always thought like oh, oh what's that like i, I didn't really thought to check it out because i didn't really know what it was but 
I saw it on stream one time, and that's what we've got it. <laughs> so yeah, it, 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 you either get a full loving experience when you first see it, or you get the exact opposite. So <laughs> the ones that do just grasp right into it right away, they uh, they get hooked and really excited about it. Yeah, and the fact that like when I first saw it, I found out there's all these different killers that you can play. Like, I am a huge horror movie fan, and that really appealed to me, and especially the Saw franchise I love, and they actually had a Saw DLC, so I'm like, oh, I have to get this, and I had to buy the Saw DLC. So You were sold at that point. See, Michael Myers is <laughs> yeah, the selling exactly. point for me. The pig was a selling point for you. So, uh... <laughs> exactly. I mean, awesome. I'm like, they have Saw stuff in here? All right, I'm good. I'm, I'm getting the game. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to buy it. <laughs> exactly. So I ended up buying it on a Sunday, um, and I've had <clears> the game literally like nine days now, but in the nine days, I think I put in like 40 to 45 hours in the game, so that's not bad for the nine days I've had it. I did, yeah, and I, I remember I was noticing, I was like, oh, Blaze got that interesting. And I say, oh, Blaze is the next day, Blaze is still playing Dead by Daylight. <laughs> and the next day, I'm like, oh, he's, oh, he's I knew At that moment, I knew. Yeah. Up to day three, he's still playing this game. He's he's a lifer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's when I messaged you on Twitter. And I'm like, this game is awesome. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, I just guess what I got. It's like, I yeah. know what you got. <laughs> I've been watching you play it every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I knew right away. Man. That was awesome. But it's a great game to play and we can get into it. Yeah. So basically for everyone out there that's listening, you know, it's a very addicting game. So get ready. If you do check it out, you're, you're probably going to love it. Or if you're, you know, too averse to the horror stuff, you might not like it. But kind of like ACC said, I mean, there's pretty much no in between with this game. Like you're either going to really love it or you're not going to. Yeah. It's, if you love the game of cat and mouse, this is the game for you. Or rather for this game, cat and mice. So, um, you know, you, you have the killer. He's the guy. He's like in every horror movie. <laughs> Just taking out everybody out. You're lost in the woods. Four of your survivors. You've got five generators. Well, multiple generators spread out. But there's five generators in the back. Um, by repairing these generators, you activate a escape gate. And from there, you have to pull that lever down from the escape gate to try to escape. But obviously that killer is going to try to stop your every move. It's just a fun... And it's not hard. It's just a fun, not hard. Just I find it chillax. Some people, obviously, if you love it, a, a scare, your heart's pumping, you're full of adrenaline. <laughs> but it's it's just one of those games where, yeah, you just play that great cat and mouse. It's a good game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it's basically like playing a horror movie because it, it's everything you expect in a horror movie. You know, if you're playing as a survivor, then you're trying to escape this killer that's doing nothing but trying to kill you. And if you're playing killer your sole goal is to take out every survivor of the map. So it's basically like a horror movie that you're playing. Exactly. And, and, and that's the just you're, you're trying to either being the hunter or the hunted. And uh, <laughs> it is it is fun either way you choose. Definitely. So, yeah. And this might actually surprise you, but I actually get more stress as the killer because I like want to do so well as the killer. So like when I do bad as the killer, I get more stress. So like as a survivor, I don't get stressed anymore. So. Exactly. Well, you know what's funny? Survivors, there is no stress. It is the killer that's stressed because they're like, oh man, they got no weapons. They got nothing. They're just running around. I can't hit them. Some guys got incredible juke moves. These pallets, <laughs> you know, I, I can't not leave without a hook or a, a mori. I need to kill some people. 
you know? <laughs> exactly. And, and, you're exactly. Really, and I think a lot of ultimately killers that fail a lot too is because of those nerves. Because you're like, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I gotta get the kill. So I remember we were playing the other day and remember we were talking about the one guy that was tunneling me or you. They, they, you can tell they're new and they're tasting blood. Like, okay, I already hooked him. I gotta hook right. him Right. Especially that was at the end of the game too. I exactly. said, like, they're like, okay, this is the end of the game. I have to at least kill one person. Exactly. <laughs> and then they'll just face camp you and, yeah, and be exactly. like, I need to solidify this kill and feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have to get at least one kill or else I have to quit this game. So. Exactly. So <laughs> it's one of those. So yeah, killer is definitely the hardest. And the most stressful. Yeah, because the game is played four survivors versus one <laughs> killer, and it's asymmetrical, so it is balanced in the sense that the killer does have a lot of powers and things that make it so the killer is more powerful than the survivors, but it still is very stressful having that four versus one thing because you have four survivors that can all team up together, and if they're a good team, they can run circles around you, and you don't know what to do. Exactly. And, uh, that's so <laughs> <laughs> but if you're new to the game though it, you definitely get some jump scares with those killers especially with michael myers because he sneaks up on you and you're like oh shit i remember one game we were playing you know you heard me i was like oh shit what the fuck? <laughs> yes yes like, I, I just jumped out of nowhere i'm like holy shit yeah and i kept telling you i warned you i was like the most scary guy out of them all i think to me, and then you're michael myers. Yeah. yeah you were instantly yeah. like it's, it's myers isn't it because <laughs> you didn't know yeah. the kill yet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Well, because, see, with Myers, there's, there's, ter- there's terror radiuses with the killer. So you'll be able, as a survivor, you'll be able to hear the heartbeat. And as it intensifies, he means he's getting closer and closer. And a lot of them have about 24 meters, some to 32 meters of uh, range where you can be able to know that he's around you. Michael Myers has 8 meter. I don't know how it's 8 meter. I think it's a lot less. But he, you don't hear him coming. You don't know he's coming. All of a sudden, if you're not aware, as you're doing a generator, whatever you're doing, He's right there behind you, just stalking exactly. you. So, yeah, it is super creepy when you think, eh, la, la, la. And that's what happened ah. to me. I, I was doing a generator, and then exactly. all of a sudden, I looked to the right of me. I'm like, oh, shit, there's Michael Myers there. <laughs> <laughs> he still gets me to this time. Like, even now, when I think I got it done, I'm like, okay, I've looked here, I've looked here, I'm nice. And then all of a sudden, I look that split second, I'll scream, oh, my gosh, there he is. You know, and I stop <laughs> Exactly. <running>. Yeah. So. <laughs> And there are other stealthy killers there. There's like the pig, the wraith, things like that. But yes. Myers is definitely the most creepy, though, of the stealthy killers. No, so. definitely <laughs> for a jumper, jump scare for sure. He yeah. definitely is the most unique. So, man, I think we all pretty much know the Halloween <laughs> franchise, so we all know the presence he commands. So, like, just seeing Michael Myers, like, oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. And he, you know what? Yeah, shout out to Behavior for this because they really did a good job of mimicking exactly the character from the, the you know, Absolutely. The stock ability, how he, you know, oh, how he just torments his prey like that. That is Michael Myers. If you want to be Michael Myers the best way possible as the film, this game does a good job of it. Behavior. Shout out to you guys. That was great. Which we're not going to get into every killer because that's not what this this particular episode's about. But um, I want to give a shout out to the pig too. I mean, they did a great job with the pig too because in the Saw franchise, there's it's a lot about mind games and things like that and. The pig definitely has that, you know, the pig is basically Amanda Young from the movies, and she really has that stealthy appeal that she has in the movies, and she has a lot of mind games with her powers, so they really did a great job with her, too, making it like the movies, too. Absolutely did. Like, they, again, another good job on taking a licensed killer, an iconic killer, and just making it exactly to how you would picture it in the movie. Right. So, 
And if you are a fan of, you know, horror movies, uh, the other two killers they have licensed so far, they have Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, and then they also have Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So those are the other ones they have uh, licensed right now. You know, hopefully this year they might get some more. We'll see. Definitely exciting, too. I think a lot of people want Jason movies. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. There's a lot of conflict because, of course, the Friday the 13th game and they have all the licensing. They do not have the license to the 2009 movie, so it'll be very interesting to see what's going to happen this year. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a horror movie fan, you know, you might have him coming up. I mean, who knows what other licenses they could do? I mean, they could do um, Ghostface from Scream, possibly. Yeah, they could do like uh, they could do Chucky from Child's Play. That'd be really fun. I mean, <laughs> see awesome. that little doll run around, like <laughs> yeah, you know, this little thing <laughs> smacking you around. Like I said, it'd be, that'd be perfect because instead of putting him on the shoulder, he drags you on the ground and puts you up to the hook. You know what I mean? That'd be super cool. Ew. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, it'd be really funny actually if like each hook had like a ladder in front of it. He walks up the ladder when he breaks the hook. <laughs> <laughs> he it just like walks up the ladder, <laughs> running away from some little thing that you're taller than. Him. Yeah, it'd just be perfect. I would love it. They could do a lot with that though, because I mean, he he'd be so small that like. They could make him sort of stealthy, but at the same time creepy like Myers. So yeah. they could have, you know, his terror radius be small. And then, like, you don't know he's coming because he's so small. His terror radius is awesome. Yeah, like, you know what? It'd be funny because pallets would be nothing. Right? You, That's you true, yeah. He can go under pallets <laughs> or he would just jump over pallets. Like, he, he would be, that would be one thing to kind of get pallets out of the way for survival. I don't know about jumping over pallets. His legs probably wouldn't be big enough for that, but he'd go under them for sure. <laughs> He's supernatural, <laughs> man. He's this entity, okay? They can do whatever they want. <laughs> you never know. But that'd be so cool. <laughs> but, you know, that just goes to show you, I mean, they have other options for this game in the future. So, you know, if you do like anything horror, then, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the elements of the game and maybe you'll enjoy this game and maybe you'll, you know, get into it when they actually ask more licensed killers come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we did say that, you know, it's four survivors versus one killer and the games are played on various maps and each map kind of has a different layout to them, but they all have the same general items and objects in them. Just each map has a different feel to it. So there's some like indoor maps, there's some outdoor maps, like there's a swamp map, there's uh, a mental institution. There's a lot of different maps and each killer sort of has like their home map, I would say. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Uh, each, each, so what Dead by Daylight does is when they launch a killer, they call it a chapter. So a chapter of the story. So they will launch the killer, the survivor, and then the map that relates to the whole chapter. So yes. Each one does that. And then the licensed killers, they have like iconic maps that you'd recognize. Like, for example, Michael Myers, he has a Haddonfield map. So you yes. get to go there. And then Freddy Krueger, he gets to go, you know, in the boiler room. That's iconic from the preschool. So he has things like that. And then uh, the pig, she has the saw map where you actually get to see the saw bathroom and things like that. So there's a lot of really cool iconic locations like that. Yeah. I, I don't remember what Leatherface's map is. Do you know that one? I'm trying to remember that myself. Now, I believe Leatherface, if I do, uh, I'm going to check on this, but I'm pretty sure uh, they that Leatherface was the only one that actually just launched Leatherface. He was like a surprise to everyone. Okay, so, so maybe maybe he doesn't have a map then. And there was no survivor. Okay, so I guess, you know, he's just off on his own world, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. He was, you know, he fit in everywhere. Come on, why not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> why not? Yeah, he was the only one that they did. I think they, they were in the middle of testing at that time to see how would the people grasp, how would the community grasp the things, just did things individually. 
individually as opposed to chapters. Um, that kind of makes sense too, because I think I checked, and I think his DLC is the cheapest. That's probably why, because he didn't have anything yes, included with him. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, but you can see that they, I guess they tried it out, and now they're just like, no, we're going to do full on chapters. Because I think right. we do want that play. We want survivors are going to want their survivor mains. They're going to want you know a new taste of survivor, new perks. As killers will want new taste of killer perks, but definitely for everyone, the killer and survivor. Um, they're going to definitely want to do that. We always want to do that. And just to touch on something you said there, Survivor main basically means that it's your main play styles that you like to play Survivor, for anyone that doesn't know the term, because people might not know the terms that go along with this game that much. Exactly, and there are... That's usually the case, right? There's going to be this particular soul killer mains, soul Survivor mains. Very rare you see both juggle. Um, they're there. But there's some of just they're hard to lose. So far, I'm doing that, but I think that's because I'm new that I'm doing that. So exactly, and you're enjoying that experience. Like me, I was doing both, and then eventually I kind of led to Survivor. Yeah, yeah. right. And then, you know, every now and then I'll just switch. I want to do the hunt. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun. So yeah, definitely. But you did mention generators earlier. Do you want to explain what pe generators are to people a little bit more and wh how they're important to the game? Yeah, so for the objectives of the game, again, uh, you have several spread out in the map. You will have to do five. So activating five. So basically, these are the these are the things that are going to power your escape pod. Uh, you go to them, you'll get a skill check as you're repairing the generator. Um, and you have to obviously get in between the square with a circled line uh, to be able to not make a noise. So you want to be as quiet as possible because the killer is going around and he's doing spot checks where these generators are. Because in the killer's eyes, he knows where the generators are. He'll be able to see the auras of the right. generator. So he's going to monitor all of them because he knows what we're trying to do. And, and there's seven total, so you have to do five out of the seven. Right. Is, there, is it eight or seven? I thought it was seven. Yeah. Because when you get down to one left, there's three left in the map. When you get to one, yeah, there's one. Yeah, yeah. to go through, so possible. Um, yeah, probably. So with that, you're you're trying to be as true as possible. You you want to hit your skill checks. You don't. It creates a big sound. What happens is the killer will see that explosion or get that alert. You, he'll know directly what he has to do. So head directly to that location to see if a the survivor has stayed there or has spawned out. You can investigate and see. So, survivor's right. biggest deal to repair these generators not and basically the skill checks uh, easier way that some of the items mm -hmm. might understand it is basically a quick time event it's just a quick time event and you have to tap a certain button yes. the fast fast enough whether you're on PC or Xbox that button will differ I think it's spacebar on PC, spacebar on for PC. Yeah. Xbox is right bumper so um, PS4, I don't know what it would be because I don't play on PS4, but mm -hmm. it, it's some button on PS4. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> y'all have to find it, that it's, out. It's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So you, you definitely want to, you'll have a little white square out of this little quick time where you can get that line to hit and it'll be called a great skill check. Now, if you land the great skill check, you will boost the bar of repair, so it'll actually speed up the generator process. If you don't, then it'll just be normal. But, um, yeah, you have that perfect, you have the great skill check bar, or you have that normal one. Obviously, and then, as you said earlier, if you miss it, then it actually sends the generator backwards, and it lets the killer know you missed it. Exactly. So, high risk, great reward. But, 
high risk. <laughs> it's a really painful consequence if you stick around and see what happens. Which I suppose this is a good spot to mention, too. Like, say you actually miss the skill check, it's going to let the killer know where it is, like we said. But say you miss that skill check and then you start running away or something. If the killer's close enough to you, he could actually see scratch marks. Do you want to explain how that uh, helps the killer find you? Exactly. So what the killer can see there at this point, you'll be able to see uh, scratch marks basically on the ground that are highlighted uh, orange, if you read, depending on the PCs and some of them in that setting. Uh, you'll be able to track where they ran and, and see and trying to catch up for a certain amount of time. I believe it's seven seconds uh, the killer will have to be able to see uh, before it fades, where you pretty much led off to, trying to track where you want. The best thing of doing is if you break it and he's near, you run, but only a certain distance where it's kind of safe enough, where you feel safe enough, and walk. Because walking, crouching, crouch walking is your best bet to not be seen or discovered with any trace of any tracks, right? So if you right. run, you'll, get, you'll expose yourself to sure. And sometimes it actually depending where you're at in the map and things, it could be better not to run and just to hide somewhere around that generator, the killer's not going to find you. So if there's a good hiding spot, you can hide around that generator. The killer might walk right by and then you can get right back in the generator. Exactly. And depending on the killer, you know, you can pull that off. Or the killer will be like, hmm, no traps. Hmm. You're definitely right. close by. And he'll look <laughs> yeah. around and see. Unless you have urban evasion, which I believe that is called, where you can actually speed crouch. <laughs> so it really depends on the game what kill you're facing you know how good they might be and that's kind of the, what's cool about this game is there's a lot of interplay between the survivors and the killer where throughout the game you're kind of learning how they play you know you might learn okay this killer always chases me if i do this or this survivor always you know drops a pallet when i chase them or you might learn different things about the survivors and the killers that help you with really in the game exactly and and that is you never know what you're gonna get. That's what's great. Because when you're in a lobby, it's funny. Uh, survivors, you know, we see each other. We know who we are. We have no idea who the killer is because we were prepped, so we don't know. Right. Killer's watching us in his lobby. He sees all four. He knows what we're grabbing. He knows if we're grabbing toolkits, toolkits or something that we use to speed up generators, uh, process speed, or you're gonna disable hooks where the killer will hook you. And we'll get into the next one. So. Those are the things that you can see. But with us, we don't know. It's completely, completely unaware until we get Exactly. So people at home might be thinking at this point, you know, well, you have this big bad killer. They, you know, have a power. All of them have different powers that make them even more powerful and more deadly. So what can a survivor actually do to, you know, go against the killer? So one of those things that they can do is use pallets and windows. Do you want to explain how that works? Sure. So... Obviously, there's, there's so much around your scenery, right? They'll have broken down shacks, they'll broken down buildings, they'll have windows, you'll have barriers with pallets. Now, when you're being chased by the killer, because he does have a greater amount of speed if you gradually starts to catch up, um, you will have pallets. And with these pallets, basically, you can drop down and it'll give you spare seconds, so vital seconds, to kind of get a little bit ahead of the killer. Now, by dropping these pallets, a couple things can happen. A, uh, drop the pallet down, and you hit the killer while he's trying to chase you. Or hits you. Get a good stun chance, right? Get some blood points. Which, that's the best case scenario if you hit him. Best case scenario. 
Um, other than that, again, you're buying time. If you're locking the space, you have to break it down. It'll buy you more time. Now, hopping through windows, that's great too, because you're, you know, you're going into, say, a building or a maze-like structure where it gives you more opportunity to finally discover these powers because you want to get away from this killer. You want to lose him, right? And these are your best right. tools of getting rid of him. Exactly. And it's worth saying, too, that the palace, the killer can't go over the palace. They have to either break them or go around. The windows, the killer can go through windows still, but they go through it at a slow pace. Exactly. So, they, they, again, buying crucial seconds. And we're talking one or two seconds. And trust me, those are vital. These are vital things like opportunity. Vital seconds of opportunity to escape it. And this is where if you actually, the more you play, the more you get used to the particular maps, you might actually know, okay, in this map, I have an area over here I can run the killer around. So that's where it you know, really gets into play, where if you're an experienced player, you might know some nooks and crannies that other people won't know. Exactly, and it gives you the advantage you need, especially if you're around an area, okay, here, ooh, I'm near a shack, and there's barricades over here. I can use this surroundings so I'm on this generator. If he's coming my way, I know where I can go, leading to me getting exposed. Right, because if you're like me, I, I'm still new at it. I mean, I basically just run aimlessly. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm running over here. Oh, there's a pallet. Oh, cool. <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going. Like, I'm just literally running in circles, and I'm like, oh, th there's a pallet here. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's basically what happens to me. Too. Yeah. That's the super fun part as a New York player, because it's such an adventure. You're like in right. such suspense, and you're like freaking out. Like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Like, you got this guy exactly. to kill me. I don't know what to do. What is this? <laughs> you know, can I climb this tree? No, but you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in these scenarios where it's 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 so fun to be uh, starting with the game. So. And basically, when the killer's after you, they call it the chase. And it, mm -hmm. during that chase, that's when the survivor and the killer. They get blood points, and we kind of get into what blood points are now, if you want to talk about that. So blood points are basically what you've done during the game. Points you've done, either being unhooking players. So basically what the killer does when he grabs you, he'll down you, he two swipes at you. Um, he'll hit you once, you're in a wounded state, and at this point you're bleeding. So you're leaving blood trail and scratch marks. Now, if the killer tends to hit you the second time, he will down you, which is called the dying state. So from there, the killer will pick you up, put you on the shoulder. Where from there, he will look for a hook. So there's several hooks spread out through the map. And that, if you've ever seen a Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think they, they got that inspiration from, from that movie. Probably, where yeah. <laughs> the killer will throw you on a hook. Now, what happens is the killer will leave and look for other survivors to get. Um, survivors now, to contribute and to help to the team, you're obviously going to want to try and get, you want to have as many survivors as possible. So what you're going to do is you're going to have to have And from there, you'll get blood points. In this case, it's 1,500 blood points. Blood points are accumulated by doing, so doing generators, uh, team co-op. So if you're doing generators together, or you're healing. So for this case, I've unhooked the survivor. He's still in a wounded state. I'm going to heal him to full state, full healing state. I'll get points for that. So stuff you do during the game, even stealth stuff, being unhit for certain amounts of time in the game. You know, there's so many things. They've made it so team-based now where you have to work together and not work together. Right, and they have like something see. called boldness where like exactly. if you kind of run the killer around mm -hmm. and you don't get hit by them, that's called boldness where you get some points for that too. Exactly. So there's several things you can do during the game. Even uh, escape 
right? When you escape the killer, uh, you'll get escape from us, right? Or if he's had you on his shoulders and you have enough time to wiggle out and find a hook, uh, short enough, close enough to him, you'll get points like that. So there's so many ways to get blood points during the game. Uh, ultimately, you want to escape. When you escape, that's a pretty much a big pot to get 5,000. You escape from the hatch. What the hatch is, is basically, if all survivors are dead, no gates are open, you've got one or two gens left, there's a hatch that will spawn and give you a chance to survive and escape. That way you escape. So there's so many ways, but it is a very good tier game. And then conversely, I believe if the killer kills all four of you, they get bonus points for that, correct? Exactly. Uh, obviously, the, the killer, um, which is interesting, people think, uh, especially if you're new, if you're looking into this game or you're starting the game, you don't necessarily rank up or get ranked up points just by getting all four. You can actually do very well by just killing two, but it's the other things you do, right? You're chasing them, you're getting points. When you hack them, you're getting points. There's so many things. Uh, you can do to get blood points with the killer too. Obviously, if you deal, you want to get, you want to eat that one cake. So you want to right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which you did mention during that uh, sacrificial hooks, and basically these hooks, they're something that as the killer, you want to take these survivors and place them on the hooks because basically what you're trying to do as the killer is your object is this special. I don't really know how to describe it, but the entity is basically like this special. Um, how would you describe ACC? Like it, it's basically like this special thing that you're trying to please. So like yes, exactly. It's a it, we'll say it. It's it's pretty much what it is. It's a demonic entity. So from right. there, you're feeding you're feeding these demon spirits uh, souls, right? And you by pleasing them, you will sacrifice humans on a hook. And, and then the hooks had different stages too. Exactly. So with the different stages of the hooks, so survivor technically has two opportunities to survive the hook. Now, when you're hooked the first time, you're you're fresh. So you're left hanging there. Now, you have an option where you can try and unhook yourself. And if you guys, again, see Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's a similar idea where they're trying to... Which get is a very low out. chance to do, but it can happen. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very low chance to do. It can happen. And we call it the Kobe. <laughs> where, where you can unhook yourself. But you don't want to do that because what happens is as you're doing that, you're losing energy and it automatically puts you in a struggle state. Now, putting yourself in a struggle state meaning you're weaker. The entity sees that. And all of a sudden, the entity attacks you with, I guess, what would you call that? Uh, just uh, a sharp... Claws, uh, maybe? A sharp claw yeah. that will attack you. And you're fighting it with the two hands and you're in a struggle state. Now, putting you in that struggle state now if no one's coming for you, you basically don't. But um, say you were to get picked up in that struggle state after your first hook, what happens is you are dead. So you, you have no energy left. If the killer grabs you and hooks you, you will die instantly. Hence why I always recommend, if you're playing this game, don't try and unhook yourself. Um, unless it's in a late stage in the game. There's no hope. You know, you can right. Or if maybe you know your team is, isn't being team players and they're not going to try and help you, you might as well try. Exactly. But if you're with the team and you know they're going to help you out, just be patient because the first hook is definitely your grace period where you don't have to struggle. You're hanging there, you're waiting, you're hoping. Right, and if it is your first hook, a lot of times, you know, say ACC was hooked and I was working on a generator or something, a lot of times I would just finish that generator first because I know it's his first hook and I have some time to save him still. Exactly. And it, 
and that's the great window of opportunity. Now, if you do that and you get hooked, unhooked, and then to get rehooked, then you're put in that struggle state. So the three times you're out of deal. So if you're getting hooked three times, you're done. If you put yourself in struggle state after the first hook, and that's with the unhooks too. That's where there's a lot of interplay with the survivors and the killer too, because as a survivor, you want to unhook your teammate at the right time. Because a lot of games that AC and I had, one of us got unhooked, but somebody unhooked us when the killer was right next to us. So all that happened is the killer downed us again. We got hooked right away. So it, it basically did nothing to help us. Yeah, and you're left vulnerable, right? So you're you're right. wounded, you're hurt, and you need to be healed. Thing is, the la- and it's called farming. This is what it's called in terms of someone that tries to pick you up to get the 1,500 blood points without any care that the killer is right there awaiting it, right? Um, you don't want to do that because you right. do that, you're done. You're, you're not, just because you got that 1,500 doesn't mean you're going to escape that. Every survivor that gets killed lessens your chances of surviving. And as the killer, in some sense, you can't really blame them because the killer's job is to kill everyone. So if you're already dying then why wouldn't the killer just hook you again? Because you're already weak, so why wouldn't they take advantage of that? The killer's job is to take advantage of situations like that. Exactly, is to take whatever strategy you may or may not have out the window and put you in a in a, in a, in a situation where a crossroads where you don't know what to do. So, so if you were the first person that's hooked, chances are the killer might actually go after you, which is called tunneling. So basically, if you're the first person hooked, then try to be careful because the killer might go for you uh, early on because... They want that first kill to make the game easier for them. Exactly. So you always want to be aware. And ways to kind of strategize in terms of getting out of that situation. Obviously, if you have a team, you'll have someone that tries to distract the killer. And right. you'll have someone else to come in. But, uh, sometimes but you did mention earlier uh, items and add-ons. So there's different items that survivors can use. There's flashlights. There's toolboxes, med kits. And something I haven't actually seen yet, a map. So you want to explain a couple of those briefly? Sure, yeah. So um, what I mentioned briefly about the toolbox, for one, again, the toolbox gives you a lot of things with a situation that you're either disabling a hook, obviously, you talked about hooks. You want to eliminate as many hooks as possible um, to avoid the killer having any kind of pull. So if you take, for instance, one end, if, if someone comes and uses that toolbox and eliminates one sector of the map's hooks, just say where there was generators, the killer's not going to have much opportunity to hook you right there, so he's going to have to hustle all the way down to wherever it is, and you have a chance to wiggle out. Wiggling out is you have an opportunity to either the PC hitting the space bar rapidly, or using your joystick, the right analog stick, or uh, whatever you do with it, in terms of notification. And you just wiggle it to try and get out of the scale. That's one thing for the toolbox to do. Other other thing with the toolbox is using the generator, speeding up the gens. So what you can do exactly. is speeding up the generator. Obviously, you want to do you want to get out of there as fast as possible. So using a toolbox will help you speed up the process. Because sometimes it can be really slow. Um, and then you have something like the med kit, where yes. the med kit is yes. basically used to heal you. So you can either heal yourself with the med kit, or you can heal your other teammates with the med kit. And there are perks, which we'll get into. You know, we're not going to talk about a lot about perks today, but there are, like, perks that you can actually heal yourself. But um, in most cases, if you don't have that particular perk, then you have to use medkits. Exactly. And medkits are a great tool to use, too. Especially when you're starting, uh, you won't have many perks to play with <clears throat> at all. Um, so when we get into that the next kind of segment of the podcast, uh, you'll, you'll understand it more with the medkits. 
yeah, you can either heal yourself in a greater speed of time, or you use that med kit to speed up the process of healing the individual that needs it. Right. right. So it's and it's important to note, too, that, like, say ACC was hurt and I don't have a med kit, I can still heal him. So it's basically just yourself you can't heal without a med kit. Exactly. Other it's people you can always pace. heal. Yeah, right. exactly. Slower pace. Med kit will speed up the process in case. Or you just keep it for yourself. If, worst case scenario, in a dire situation, you'll have that when the villain gets tough. Right. And then the next one you have is flashlight. Uh, the flashlight can be used for so many things. Uh, well, really one in particular, and it is blinding the killer. So if the killer grabs you and hits you uh, and takes you down, puts it on your shoulder, if you have a survivor near you with a flashlight, you can blind him. And by blinding him, it disorients him to the point where the killer, uh, the survivor can jump off. So the, the survivor will get off and be able to escape. If you're being chased by the killer, you can try and use it. There's some people that use it so well. I'm not particularly great with the flashlight, but man, some of the people I've seen being chased by a killer to turn around as quick as they can, blind the killer, it'll take a few seconds off where you can have a chance to escape if there's no I haven't personally tried flashlights yet, but I feel like I wouldn't be that great at it. So I, I <laughs> yet, but. Definitely practice makes perfect with it, but man, if you utilize the flashlight, it is definitely a great tool to use. You have the maps. Maps is uh, maps can be used for a variety of things. Uh, if you you'll you'll stumble upon a lot of them, like ultra rares, commons, stuff like that. If you have like a decent common one, basically it opens up reveals the aura of generators that you have. So if you're having a tough time finding generators, which is the common case in the time in the beginning, you will be able to see the aura Now, mind you, I wouldn't say spam that right triggers or uh, I don't know what other people can see, I believe it's the because it has a ticker, it has a, a meter, a time of length. So by pressing on it, the the battery of it basically so it reveals all that. Now, if you get an ultralight one, you can do two things. You can find the gems, or if the hatch is open, you'll be able to see and discover the hatches. So that's oh wow, I didn't know about that. That's yeah. really cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. Especially when they go with that stuff right at the end there. <laughs> You've got that thing. It'll help you if it's near the vicinity. That's nice, actually. <laughs> Which, speaking of the hatch, you did mention that earlier, and there is actually another item we um, forgot to mention called a key, and you can actually use a key to open the hatch early, correct? Exactly. You can use a key. There's several keys. Uh, several keys you'll, you'll, you'll come across. Now, there's some great ones, because if you get a certain amount of generators and you unlock all four of you, are there. say, for instance, I believe it is, if you have two or three left, so if you activated three, uh, generators, um, you will unlock the spawn of the hatch. Now, if all four of you are still alive, or even one of you, you will actually be able to escape sooner by using this key. So if you find the hatch quickly, all four of you can actually jump into the hatch. You have a limited window of time. So that's awesome. Right, which is really cool. I mean, it's probably very rare for it to happen, but it's definitely cool that the option's there. So. Yes, definitely, definitely. I've had my share because, of fun moments with that. Because normally with the hatch, like you said earlier, the hatch will unlock by itself if you're the last survivor alive. But if you're not the last survivor alive, then the hatch will stay locked, and the only way you can exit is by doing the five generators and exiting through the two exit gates. There's two exit gates, and basically you have to hold down a lever to open these exit gates, and 
that's how you normally escape is by one of these two exit gates on usually opposite sides of the map. But if you're the last one alive, the hatch will automatically open and then you can hopefully find the hatch and escape. Now, the one caveat to that that I'll say is the hatch will not even open if you don't have two generators done. So say your team you know did really poorly and you only have one generator done, the hatch won't even open even if you're the last survivor left. So five generators, if there was, so if there was four of you that started and they have five, you need to have at least two down uh, for the last sole survivor that's alive to be able to have a chance to escape. Which, have you ever been in a situation where the hatch didn't open near the last one alive and you had to do generators to get it open? Absolutely. Many times. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you're, you're pretty much gonzo, but you know what? Don't put Actually, well, we found myself in that situation the other day. Remember, I was, I spent a good, I think it was a good half an hour escaping this one killer because it was one gen done i need to get one done another done and it was basically me trying to just hopefully frustrate him to have him quit but he wasn't quick he, was, he knew there was blood <laughs> right. it was inevitable <laughs> he wasn't gonna get it. <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's basically the exit gates in the hatch and we talked about add-ons but there's also add-ons for the killer too because the killer all have different powers and basically there's add-ons that help enhance their powers like, for example, my favorite killer, the pig, they have add-ons to their power that make their jigsaw boxes more plentiful or it takes longer to do them, things like that. Um, Michael Myers, for example, he has an add-on that lets him kill survivors basically instantly without having to hook them. It takes you know a little bit more than that. Um, it has to be a tier three. We won't explain all that. But basically, there's add-ons that if you do the right... Um, Things for the add-on, then you get a lot of extra powers that the killer usually wouldn't have. Exactly. Um, what I love about the killers is, uh, you talked about this the other day, they're all unique. Uh, with survivors, they're unique, but they come with unique perks. And we'll get that. Uh, we'll get that but with the killers, yes, they all have a unique trait that they always want to play. They have unique perks and add-ons, which just can do crazy things like we were talking about Judas uh, Tombstone uh, today, right? You, right. <laughs> you were a victim of the special <laughs> I was. Mike Meyer add-on where he has different sets of tiers of stalking, so when he gets to his max tier, which is the third tier, he is able to insta-kill uh, almost like a fatality in Mortal Kombat, right? It's an execution. Right? Exactly. Yeah, so super cool stuff. Yes, yeah, so all the killers have their unique stuff, which is really cool to have these add-ons for. And, you know, the killers play kind of like um, you expect them to play. Like, for example, Freddy, he puts you in the dream world and he puts you to sleep and that's how he attacks you. So it really works how, you know, you think the killer should work, which is really cool. Oh, yeah, exactly. And um, Freddy's, he's, yeah. I love Freddy's, uh, <laughs> even though uh, Freddy gets a lot of criticism as the killer, uh, you know, being a lead killer or whatnot, which I don't think he is. He's just really cool, but his, his, uh, his attitude cool is he has one where you're instantly put in a dream state. So just like oh, you're in this world. So you start the game and you're like, what the heck's going on here? You know, you're like, what the heck? I want a right. dream state. And people are like, oh, it's Freddy. You're like, how did he get him so fast? Well, he didn't. He decided to add on where he right, gets yeah. someone right off of that. And he's able to see That's crazy. exactly where you are. <laughs> so when you're in the dream state, he can see your aura right off the bat. And then on top of add-ons, we talked about add-ons and items for survivors and killers, but both survivors and killers also have something called offerings. And basically an offering, this is something that you're giving to the entity, and you're basically trying to influence the entity. You're saying, 
hey, I'll, I'll give you this if you give me a special power back. And basically, the entity gives you an extra power back. So as the killer, for example, there's offerings you can use to like actually create more hooks in the map. So you have more chances to kill people because there's more hooks in the map. Or as a survivor, you can use uh, offerings to get more blood points. Or you might be able to decrease the amount of hooks. Or there's uh, this thing called mist that actually makes the map really misty or foggy. And basically, it makes it so it's harder to see. So as a survivor, you could actually use offerings to make it a little bit foggier so the killer can't find you as easy. Exactly. It definitely hinders the killer uh, if you're putting on a darker disc, right? The more fog, the harder it is for the killer to see you. Right. Um, With some, some exceptions. Like, for example, the pig that I like to play, the mist actually helps the pig because the pig can kind of blend in with the survivors. So for some killers, it can actually help them. But. Exactly. So it, it does... They do a good balance of the pros and cons of those both, right? So, but then again, the survivor will never know, right? Right. Uh, so, until they get in the game. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, not this killer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, because the pig, I mean, the pig is a unique killer where it actually can seem like it's a survivor because if she's crouched, then she seems like a normal person almost when she kind of walks up to you. So if it's really foggy, then you might actually think that the pig is a normal survivor. So they could walk up to you like, oh, okay, this person's going to help me do this generator. Awesome. This is great. And then all of a sudden you get hit. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's scary, man. So it, there's a lot of mind games in this game, which yeah. is really fun. And it is all mind games. It's mind games when you're running. It's mind games what you're doing, right? Like what you're strategizing, right? When you're even in that chase, do I fake left, go right, or does he do that, or does he know I'm going to do right. that? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's definitely gets your mind busy. Which is at this point, I think we should say too, like these mind games. Don't feel bad if you start and you know you're horrible at these because. You know, even after I put in like 40 hours this week, I'm still horrible at it. Like, I don't understand all the mind games yet because this is something that it takes you a long time to learn, which I think ACC will corroborate. You know, these mind games, you're not going to jump in your first game and be like, oh, I know what they're doing. So, yeah, well, I call them the phases, right? The, phase, the first right. phase, like, Blaze is in the first phase of the excitement and thrill, meaning, oh my God, he's coming after me still. You know what I mean? Like, get away from me. <laughs> exactly, Shoot, get out of no. here. <laughs> exactly. What do I do? So, like, Every time the killer's around me, I just run. I take off, and I have no idea where I'm going. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to run this way. I'm going to run this like, way. Get out of my way. Exactly. It's like <laughs> you're not knowing not knowing that maybe you're running to a survivor that's working on a gen, or you know, you're running into like a, a tree that <laughs> is totally yeah. blocked off, and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I can get through there. Uh, you know, these things or happen. You, or you hide in a locker that he's right behind you. It's exactly. Like, oh, it's like all of a sudden he's right behind you. Like, let me jump in this locker. He won't. Oh, there he is. And then, you know. <laughs> He opens the locker and chokes you and puts you on the shelf. You know? Yes. So those that's the first phase. I think uh, the next phase is where you start to get comfortable with the surroundings. You're comfortable already getting chased. You understand that it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And you, things go a lot slower when you run. So, and at that point, you'll be able to see what you can do. If you're, if you're running and there's someone on the channel, man, I can't go there. Let me go left. Or, you know what I mean? Uh, let me do this. And things will just slow down as you get it. But I, I always say the first time you're starting and you're going through that, those are the, those are the funnest times. It's because <laughs> Definitely. You, you feel that thrill, like in the movies, you know what I mean? You're like, oh my gosh, you know? Right. I mean, you have moments <laughs> like I had where Myers just completely scare the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So, it happens. It'll happen to me sometimes. I'm just so comfortable. I'm relaxed. I don't think anything's happening. I'm like, oh my God! You know, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> But that's the fun part of the game. It's a good little fun. 
And that's what I like about these different killers, too, because there's some killers that you're going to know that killer's coming from a mile away. Like, for example, the hillbilly, he has a chainsaw that rose up, and you're probably going to know from a mile away, okay, the hillbilly's coming from me. So there's killers like that, too. Yeah, so with that hillbilly, see, he he has his chainsaw ability, he revs it up, and he can speed all the way across the map so quickly to check on generators. So when you're hearing that, you're like, oh my gosh, let me move away. Like, you're going to freak out <laughs> right. and get out of there, because you don't. And he times it. That killer times perfectly. He's going to saw you down. One shot. Yeah, there, there's so many different killers. I think there's like 13 right now, so they all have different abilities. I mean, some can like teleport and things, like the nurse, and it, it's crazy. So, Absolutely. So yeah, one thing I actually realized we didn't talk about yet is the lockers themselves. So, what are some ways that you can actually um, use lockers, or how are they actually advantageous to you? They're a really good way... Um... I I don't use them as much because you just got to be really careful and you got to do it at the right time. But it is a good way of because for me being new, I use them a lot more than you probably do because I'm mm -hmm. new and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hide in this locker. I'll be safe there. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, if a killer is around and it's fresh, he sees you. You guys are playing the circle game. He's hiding behind a building and wondering where you are, and you see a locker. Probably not the best move <laughs> right. to jump in a locker. Uh, a, he probably will hear the door close a little bit, too, if he's really close. Um, and then know, okay, well, this is easy. Or if you're, if you've blown a gen and you know he's coming and you're like, let me go to this locker. They'll probably look around and be like, let me just check the locker just in case. You know what I mean? But and then they, you're there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but a lot of times you'd be surprised. Uh, you know, veteran, uh, veteran, uh, killers will not check sometimes because, well, they think the veteran survivors will not do that, be dumb enough to, but then the survivor does do it because they think the And that's kind thing. of the cool thing with the meta, too, because, like, if you're newer, mm -hmm. you can actually seemingly outsmart better killers because they're not going to expect you to make as dumb a move as you're making. So you're making a move that to them is really dumb, but it's actually working in your favor because they're not going to expect you to make that dumb move. So it's kind of like, you know, a cat and mouse <clears> game <throat> like that. Exactly, and it leads back to the mind games. I mean, so it all leads to that. Like, if you're in the basement, you get hooked in a basement. Sometimes the killer is waiting for someone to unhook so he stays up top. Because remember, there's a stairway. Only one stairway out. So it's one one way out, you know what I mean? So there's a couple lockers there. There's about, I believe, five lockers or six. You know, sometimes people just decide to hide. And the killer will be like, okay, I, admit, I let the one go. The other one didn't go. So let me through all these lockers, you know, <laughs> you put you in that right. Yeah, that's, that's why the basement's scary, because there's only one way in, one way out, so if exactly. you get hooked in the basement, it, it's tough, because which we should mention, too, the basement hooks, those ones actually don't go away. If you die on one of the hooks on the other parts of the map, they go away, but the basement ones always stay there. Yeah, so the basement hooks are pretty much... The basement is where you don't want it. It's the killer's <laughs> exactly. infinite hole of the assassin. Right, he never has to worry about them being broken. Um, he gets more points, blood points, hooking you there. You know that's his sanctuary. That's his like strength. So if he has you down, you're in time. You know, it's kind of the and it's hard for your teammates to save you there too because there's only one way in. So. Exactly. So you know he's put he's put you in a tough situation, especially for a legend. So I mean, there's some games that if you get hooked in the basement. Your team will just forget about you. You'll be like, oh, screw it. He's got to do so. Exactly. So you definitely want to be in the basement <laughs> at all. And if you're being chased, 
don't run towards the basement. And you'll know where the basement no. is. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're running into a shack or you're in a building, you'll see a stairway down. You'll be like, oh, okay, I don't <laughs> want to, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be here too long. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. So definitely. Not. But getting back to lockers real quick, I mean, I don't know if this is the proper way to use them, but one way I actually have found that's effective is if a killer's chasing me and I lose them for a couple of seconds. Sometimes I take those couple of seconds that I lost them to jump in a locker, and then by the time they find my trail again, they're not really going to know where I went. Exactly. So, so it seems like it works out with that a little bit. Exactly. You want to be smart with it. Like, if you're hearing a heartbeat and it's coming near, he doesn't know you're there. You haven't made any noises. He's just assuming he's patrolling. Slide into that locker quietly. You'll right. walk by. Hopefully it doesn't get food. You never know. You can check. You know, you never know. It's always a risk going into it. But that's a good way of doing it, right? That's a, a way of kind of dodging him. Especially doctors. Again, they don't know about doctors. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. The, the doctor is paid. But, yes. <laughs> but one thing we actually didn't talk about at all yet is totems. So do you want to talk about how totems come to play? Yeah, so there are five totems spread across the map. And they are these bone skull fragments, structures. These little things. And basically what it is, is by breaking each one of them, you actually lessen the ability of the killer to have a witness. Okay. And if the killer has, say, an add-on or a perk, which has a hex, you would want to find this totem. And the totem would be playing. So if it's a hex totem, it would be a flaming totem. But by breaking all those totems, it actually uh, discerns his ability to well, to just just remove completely his ability to to kind of hear things out there. Right. And it just does a good job of you want to get those out of the way. And you get blood points for destroying them too. Exactly. You get five hundred, sometimes six. Uh, for the hex totems. I think it's thousands of the hex ones. You yeah. get a thousand. So with these things, you, you, you need to utilize them because there is an add-on, uh, rather a perk, where you can add no one escapes death. And what that is for a killer is if a killer is just not having a good day on this round. He's just having a terrible round. All the survivors are alive. They've gotten all the game, the, the generators open, uh, unlocked or repaired. Now they just have to do the hatch. This spawns the power and the ability of the killer to have a one-hit knock. So if you have not taken out all the totems, then you're in the one of them becomes hex. Exactly, and that's what you want to do. And that's why totems are so good to kind of eliminate. And a lot of people forget about it. Or they're like, eh, they see it. They're just gen rushing. Uh, it can come very useful for players that focus on end game really, as opposed to doing right. So there could be a situation where say ACC and I are a team with two other people and we do all the generators and then we open the exit gate and you know a bunch of us escape like and then ACC is about to escape but then the killer hits him he goes down and then he, the killer hooks him and he's dead because the killer can one hit him with that perk exactly and it, it completely changes the the game and it, it's kind of, it's really fun it's kind of awesome to have just because you think the game's going one way and it completely goes one in. And the killer right. ends up getting all four. Yep, I, I've seen that, so. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's it, interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, uh, definitely totems you want to eliminate. 
And we keep mentioning perks. We didn't talk about them a lot because there's so many different ones that we're going to have to do like a whole episode on that or something. But basically perks are just things that for survivors or killers, it just helps you make you more effective. So there's different perks that do different things. Like it might help you see a blood trail better or it might help you run faster for a survivor. Um, it, It might help you find survivors better as a killer. So there's just different things that actually help you uh, do the task in the game a little bit better. Exactly. Um, these perks, and there are three perks for each survivor and killer that are unique to them, right? So right. they will have some special traits, um, which you can eventually unlock and put to maybe another survivor and killer you use. But yeah, they're, again, they're very unique, and we'll have to break them down. Again, so. Definitely. And some of these are you know, really, usually with each killer or survivor, they have like one perk that's really powerful, one that's kind of mediocre, and then one that's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Basically, that's usually how it breaks down, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. Very much close. So, they're going to get you as well. But even the, you know, eh, whatever one, usually it has some situational use, where like in some situations you might be able to make use of it, so. Absolutely. Um, you can you can definitely counter uh, a lot of perks with other perks, and actually blend perks together, which makes you pretty much a key way of survival and winning a lot of the time definitely but using these perks and going through these games you actually earn experience points and these experience points basically give you shards do you want to explain what you can do with shards in the outside the game yeah so iridescent shards are a big part of the game so for for the big thing too is they did a good job using iridescent shards now um, than before, so it's great to talk about iridescent shards as opposed to a year ago. Now, iridescent shards, uh, what it does is every game, you will get an amount of points, contributing time in the game. You'll get rewarded these shards. And with these shards, what you can do with them over time, you can use them to buy shrine uh, perks. So like we were talking about perks, there's weekly shrine deals, you can get someone's perk from a survivor killer that maybe you know you haven't used them long, or um, use them for cosmetics. So you can use these for cosmetics in terms of if you want to change the clothing of your survivor killer to make you different than you spend actual money. These are game points you will earn as you continue to play and show through. And you know what? It, it, it's a decent amount of shards that you get. You know what I mean? As you continue to level up, right? because it, it goes up to 100, the more you level up, uh, the more shards you'll get each game. And yeah, it's really cool how they did it. And so, when you head to 100 after, it sets you back to 1, and you'll start to make a little Oh, that's cool. Up. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so you can still keep earning them after 100? Yes. After 100, it'll reset back to 1. You'll make a little bit of a little bit, but as you level up more and more, you'll start to get more and more and more. And it, it just does a really good job of where, yeah, I don't have no money uh, to pay for all these, you know, chapters that come out. Because, you know, over time, it, it can, it, you know, it's about uh, $6.99 or $8.99 US Canadian. And you're looking at, you know, this happening every few months. They're pretty good. And can you use these shards to, like, unlock a killer or a survivor that you don't have? Absolutely. Is that possible? Absolutely. And that's another good thing. So when these chapters come out and I can't afford, you know, can't always afford it, this thing can be, you know, you've accumulated 30,000 or 40,000 shards. You can use it to, to get a killer or survivor that you want. You know, it's 
Right. So say, you know, they just came out. Oh, Chucky came out. Your know, license for Chucky came out and he's a new killer now. Well, I, I don't have any money this you know month, but uh, I have some shards saved up. I can use the shards to buy Chucky. Exactly. So they they have that. Um, it's a great thing for people that love the game so much, but really can't afford to spend all the time on these. It's every few months there's a new killer. You know what I mean? Uh, or a new chapter, rather. So that's a great way of kind of just saving up your dozen shards and spending it on whoever you want. Whenever you want. And we should say, too, though, you mentioned that you can buy perks in the um, Shrine of Secrets. Yes. These perks, you don't automatically <clears throat> get them. Basically, it just unlocks it to be available in your blood web. So we didn't talk about the blood web yet, so maybe this is a good time to talk about the blood web. We can kind of talk about how these perks go into the blood web. Right. So as you earn your blood points, and you have a cap of a million, so you pretty much will earn, during a game, you can average, especially if you're new, you're, if you're a survivor, you're averaging about, you can average from 10,000 to 22,000 blood points a game. Uh, the max you can accumulate is a million blood points, so you can't go any higher, so start spending once you get there. Um, and what that, these blood points do, it gives you the ability to unlock level of uh, things you want. So leveling up your character and then unlocking pretty much your add-ons, like you did your add-ons, your perks, and that's what you do. So you continue to just use your blood web points to go through this entity uh, shrine pretty much to find where you're unlocking flashes, cure kits, add-ons, and just keep doing them until you continue working. And then at that point you have a choice where you can continue leveling up and leaving it at 50, or prestiging. And by prestiging your character, you unlock the Right, so basically these blood webs, they do get harder as you go on too, because at a certain point the entity wakes up and they basically start taking stuff from your blood webs. Exactly. So that's good to note that too. Entity wants to stop you from getting good stuff too, so as you get to about the 20 range, the 15-20 range, the entity's going to start exposing itself. I think it's after 10 it starts to but it starts to explode. Yeah, I think it was 10 of stars, yeah, yeah. yeah. It starts, but really light. But then you're going to start to, the blood web opens up as you level up more. And as you level up more, you'll have a variety of selections to the point where you'll be like, oh man, I want this perk, and then there's this other perk here I want too in the same try. Guess what? The entity's only going to allow you to get one. So, as you... So that's when you kind of have to strategize. Yes. You have to look at your blood web. When you first open your blood web, you have to look at it and be like, okay... Out of these things that are here, this is what I want most. And you have to prioritize, okay, I want it this most, so I have to go for that first. Exactly. Because the other one will be done, though, because the other dude is stuck on your track. So you have to really see what what I utilize more, what do I use more, what do I want more. So there might be like a really cool perk that you want and a really cool add-on. You have to decide, okay, what's more important to me, this add-on or this perk? Exactly. And I ran into a situation where I ran into a, 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 something of a killer, and there were two perks I wanted. And I was like, oh, now, you know, and the thing is, why you're upset, right. too, they'll eventually come back on the blood web. You just don't know when. It could take a long time. It could take a shorter time. But you're really like, oh, the two perks you love using, you know now you have to make a, a really hard choice. So <laughs> it, it gets you sometimes, for sure. And that's where you were saying, too, that stuff that you buy in the Shrine of Seekers, if you use shards to buy that, it basically just unlocks a chance to get that in your blood web. So. Yeah. Each character has like their three unique perks, and if you level up a character to level 30, 35, or 40, mm -hmm. then it unlocks their special perks to be put into other characters' blood webs, 
So you can either do it that way, or you can use shards to put into blood webs, and then you have a chance of finding it. And also with the Shrine of Secrets, which uh, I forgot is that you actually, by losing shards sometimes, you'll actually gain blood points. So say you own the purple, and it's up there available. You can use the, sh- the iridescent shards to purchase it again, and what it does is you're not getting the purple you have, it's actually you're getting paid blood points. So I'll say, okay, put this much for 200,000 blood points. So if you're low on blood points, you know, you really want to get level. Oh, interesting. Up. That's cool. So it'll actually allow you to repurchase it uh, with the iridescent shards in order to transfer over blood points. So that's another thing. Now, let me ask you this then. Say you had, because we didn't say there's levels of perks, but there's basically level one, two, and three. So let's just say, for example, there's a perk in the Shrine of Secrets, and I have level one of this perk. If I purchase it, will it upgrade my level or will it give me blood points still? What do you mean? In terms of if it upgrades your level? No, it will just give you blood points. So okay. your, your blood points to help you, obviously, to your shrine. Because there are different levels of perks. Basically, there's level the one tiers, of a perk, level okay, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about the tiers. Yeah, yeah so it won't, it, it won't give you tier. It'll just give you the badge, like you know, the orange badge of just opening it up. But you get paid for the transfer. Okay, and for everyone at home, basically the tiers just mean tier one, two, and three. The perks get better as they tier up. So if you get tier three of a perk, it's going to be a little bit more efficient than tier one. It'll have a little bit better stats. Exactly. But one of the only things we didn't touch on yet is actually the ranking system. So uh, I know we've had some discussions offline about this system, but <laughs> do you want to get into that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, sure. So the ranking system, there's a lot of controversy with the ranking system for a long time now. I think they've done a good job of kind of just utilizing uh, what it actually does. It's not about um, the better you do, well, necessarily, yes and no. It's the better you do, the higher you up the ranks. It's more showing the level of experience. So the ranking right. system is judged by your teamwork, your overall contribution in the game of what you've done uh, to help the team or help yourself just to get points. Um, and as you continue to do this, you'll have so five, I believe it's five or six tips that these little knots of succession. Now, when you fully get to the five tips and complete them, it will level you up to the next level. So you start the high 20, and you start working your way down, so from 20 down, and uh, so the, obviously the higher you go, the more experienced players, the more challenges you face, and the better you get at the game, so that's pretty much the gist of how it works. Right, basically 20 is like, you know, you're <clears throat> brand new, they've never played the game a time in their life, and then it kind of moves up to level 1, it's like, you know, these players that play, you know, thousands of hours and they know every in and out of the game so that's kind of where it works and you know just to kind of put it in perspective um survivor right now i'm rank 16 and then a killer i'm rank 18 so i'm still pretty new but i've moved up a little bit so exactly so you'll start to you know based on your succession you'll start to gradually move up and then you'll you'll hit a part where you're like wow this is getting more challenging and that's what it is it's based on your experience how you're adapting to the game right and the only other thing to mention that uh, I guess just happened is they actually reset the ranks every month? Yes. Every 13th of the month, they will reset the ranks a little bit. Um, now, I know they've done some adjustments where I think they did it. They used to make it in a wide variety. So it used to be like number ones would go to 15 and then have to make their way back. I think now they've changed that where ones would probably go to six or so. Uh, 
I think it's how it's better just to help newer gamers. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Because, for example, when it reset, I didn't go all the way back to 20. I think I went to 18. Now I'm working my way back on ranking. Exactly. So they're definitely trying to work on uh, a great format where, obviously, the more experienced people, especially at level ones and whatnot, uh, won't go so high up. You know, it's unfair. To right. Know, obviously, you need to get because the people that are level 20, those are the people that have no idea how to play the game yet, so they don't want to have those people facing a bunch of people that already know how to play the game, because what's going to happen is the people that know how to play the game, they're going to walk all over them, and the new players might not want to play again. Exactly. And then, and then you don't want that. No, not any game you don't want that way. So right. They're, they're, they're so definitely if they're brand new, they want, the, they want to give them a chance to learn the game before they actually can face up the people that are better. Exactly. Right? How are you going to learn? How are you going to enjoy if you're getting trolled and beat down by someone just incredibly higher level to get the stage. Right, because I've I've got to get some level twenties that are like killers and they didn't even know enough to put a perk on. So they didn't even have a perk on their killer because they didn't know enough. Yeah. Exactly. And then you'll face sometimes yeah, you'll, you'll face an elite. Like, out of nowhere they get plays a while, whatever it may be. Uh, just completely obliterate you. Like, what the heck? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like jeez. Yeah, you'll yeah. you you'll you'll at times you'll notice, you'll get to see some of how good these players are. Yeah, and then you get to the end end screen, they have like four purple perks, they have like all these add-ons, and they were ranked like five. It's like, okay. It's like, oh man, okay. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense now why I lost so bad. (laughs) I'm scared to go to that, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But gradually you make yourself up there, make your way up there. Well, yeah, that's basically the main elements of the game, and you know, there are some different game modes in the game. There's obviously where you can play as a survivor, which you have a tier team of four, there's obviously playing as a killer, which is, you know, solo, which we'll get into that a little bit more in depth in a second. But there's actually two other game modes that you can play. And one of them is called Survive with Friends, which, you know, this is a game mode that I think a lot of killers don't like to go against. And you can kind of explain why a little bit more. Yeah, so Survive with Friends is basically you have a group of your own friends that you like to play with. You make a party and the four of you will jump in together and go find a game. Uh, sometimes killers can... Not like that, because in the higher ranks, uh, there are some, like I said, there's no I in team. So if you're going to work together, you'll be able to take down a kill, unless they're incredibly good. Uh, which there are so many that are hard that just completely obliterate, like this elite team. But that's what it is. Uh, survive with friends is basically you come together, you and your friends, you go out there, you know, Right, because basically put in perspective, if it's a team of four people that don't know each other, they're not talking, then as a killer, you don't have to worry as much about them communicating because these four players, they might know what to do. They might, you know, go to save each other. They might not. So you always have that uncertainty when you have a team of survivors that don't know each other because some of them might help each other. Some of them might not. Some of them might never help anyone at all. You know, so you don't know what their objective is going to be. But if it's a survive with friends game, where it's a group of four friends, you can almost guarantee they're going to work together. And if they're all in party chat together, basically they're going to communicate. So they might just say, okay, you know, us two will go over here and do this gen. You go save that survivor that's on the hook, and then you run around for a while. So basically you could have situations like that where they work together so well that the killer has no chance because they just run the killer around and then other people do gens. Exactly. Um, Very, very clutch that would be too. Gen is key. Right, and, and that's what my friends are. As opposed to going in there solo, which 
and just go survive. Solo is basically, yeah, you're just going on. Right. You're, you're doing a search. And, you know, and you got friends on or whatnot. And you go and pretty much do a, a solo outing with a bunch of randoms. And then when you're going in by yourself, one of the only ways to know that someone, because you don't see their level, you don't see their rank when you get in there, one of the only ways to know if someone has experience is if they have bloody clothes, because bloody clothes means they prestige. So basically <clears throat> prestiging means that they play the game a lot and they got their character up to level 50 and then they started back at one again. So when you do that, you get a bloody set of clothes. Exactly. So that's one of the only ways you can know. That's pretty much the only way you can know, which funny is because now that's kind of hindered in disguise now because cosmetics are out, right? Where you can get what you want, dress your character the way you want to dress them. So sometimes you won't right. even know. It's just uh, exactly. it's a throw out there. Now, when you're drawing in solo, here's the thing. Uh, when you're throwing in the solo aspect of the game and you're going in just to survive, that doesn't mean the other three are solo as well. Uh, the other three can very well be a survivor friends group of three or two, right? So right, and them. we actually had a game where um, the two of us were on with another friend of mine, and we kind of joked around. Oh well, this fourth player—they're kind of the bait. We'll just you know kind of let them be the bait. So <laughs> yeah, that the random, and that's what <laughs> yeah. happens in the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you're trapped into the survivor friends team and you're a squad of two or three, especially a three, and you get a random, as we call them. Uh, you know, you don't know what to expect from them. It can be completely selfish or a team player. Uh, most of the times, believe it or not, they're not a team player. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> right. maybe you thought I was going to say team player. They're not. So you you already got the preparation to say, well, I'm here to take care of my friends. If this guy can be the bait and can chase good Kali Jams, um, which is not necessarily the nicest way to kind of look at it, but you kind of... <laughs> right. You want to strategize and, and play the ball that you know that. Of course, if they end up being a great team player, though, you kind of feel bad leaving them behind. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll go help them out. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> when you gauge in the beginning. You know. Yeah. You'll, you'll feel them out and see, okay, is this person a team player or not? If you know they're a team player, obviously, they become you. They become one of you. Right, exactly. And you do what you can to help them out. Uh, but in other times, uh, you'll know right off the bat what you're dealing with. When you see like, for instance, if they're being chased and they're running towards you, and then they stay there until the killer gets closer and then run to see if the killer's going to try to stop the guy in the gen, which most of the times is the case. The killer's going to be like, well, let me stop this guy. Yeah, and one of the worst situations you can have is if you're with a random player that you're not communicating with and they're getting chased by the killer, you almost have a generator done and they bring the killer right to you. It's like, oh, seriously? It's like, (laughs) Oh, you know, and it happens a lot with with the randos. They'll do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it's not their fault. They're Maybe they're new or, or if right. they are. I know I've definitely done it where like I had no idea the player was there. I just was running around. I'm like, oh, exactly. sorry, dude. I, exactly. I had no idea you were there. So. Exactly. Right. Sometimes you just don't know. It's just you're, you're just freaking out. I want to survive. You don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and then that's perfectly fine. Uh, when you're getting to the higher ranks, you're, you, you know you're well aware. Okay. Uh, this guy's a level five. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know what I mean? You, <laughs> right. you see me there. You're like, screw this. I'm getting this random. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. and, and they do it. And, and that's, that's just plain true. Uh, yeah, way, that's where you could have situations where, like, the player just doesn't care. They just want to get the killer onto somebody else. So they just put them onto somebody else instead. Exactly. And again, the game of strategy, anything can happen. You never know when you don't have your team or, uh, you know, you're in their solo. What you definitely but there is actually a game mode i haven't tried yet so maybe you can speak on this a little bit more 
It's called Kill Your Friends, which I know you can make like a group with your friends where one of you can play the killer and the rest can kind of try and survive them. And I've heard that you actually get like all the perks unlocked or something for that. Is that true? Exactly. So Kill Your Friends, uh, all five of you, if you all want to just play together and switch through killer. Now, just to tell you right off the bat, you don't get a work like points points. You don't earn points. Because uh, that's pretty much what all players would do. They would just stop doing drag and make blood points. So, but that's besides the point. The point is that you get together, you play, you rotate. If one wants to, you know, be a killer in the next next round, the next one will switch. So five of you are in there. Sometimes even more. People can spectate too and just watch. Uh, you're there. And does it also unlock all the killers for that mode, or do you have to pay for those all, still? No, all killers are unlocked. Um, the ones that you have uh, purchased, them. I believe. The ones that you have unlocked as well, yes. So for trial, you can use them. All their perks are unlocked. All their add-ons are unlocked. And so like, for example, I don't have Mike Myers purchased yet. I could try him in that mode? Yes. Cool. Yes. So you can definitely try him out and see how he works. That's actually a good strategy on behaviors part because that kind of gets people to buy it more when they can try it out a little bit. Like, oh, I really like this guy. Let me try him in the main game. Exactly, right? And it, it, it's a good job. Uh, they did a good job if, if you are the next one try this out. So. And yeah, you can do it. It's something really fun. Your friends just want to you know, throw a competition. And in terms of blood points, um, say we're playing a game, does it actually show you the blood points you would have burned at least? You can kind of compare yes. against your friends and be like, oh, okay. So yes. that's good. Yeah, it does, it does so everything kind of that yeah. the ranked games do. And it's just, you just don't get to keep them, right? You just don't get to keep them. So that's good at least, though, because if you want to kind of have a competition between your friends, you know, let's see who can earn the most blood points this game or something. Exactly. And that's a lot of the time of the case. I got this many points, I did this much, and they were bragging rights. Right. And mainly it's the, the, it's usually the friend out of the bunch that says I can kill all of you, and everyone says, yeah, okay, prove it, and then they all get on there. <laughs> so you, you do right. their best to try to have that killer, like, talk so much smack, not get the, get his way, right? But, right. So essentially, uh, if anyone out there is, like, uh, familiar with Minecraft at all, essentially Kill Your Friends for DVD is basically, like, creative mode for Minecraft. It's, like, basically the mode where you can do anything you want and just have some fun and try things out. Okay, so yeah, it really is. You can do whatever you want, any map you want. Make it, as, I believe, as dark as you want, as bright as you want. Now, is there a limit to the amount of players you have that? For, like, let's say, can I face you one-on-one -on -one in that, or does it have to be four versus one? It can be one-on-one. That's kind of cool, at least. You yeah, can, yeah. you know, kind of try things out together. Well, a lot of people and... do that. Um, especially when there's a new chapter. Uh, they'll grab, because they want to see the new map, so they'll hop on there, and they'll be like, they'll explore the map together, and be like, wow, this is cool. Okay. That's probably a good way to learn, then, because then you can actually jump in there, you don't have any pressure, and you can kind of not fight each other on purpose, you can kind of explore the map together, and be like, oh, look at this, so. Exactly, and and that's what a lot of people do, too. Just to just to get it to gauge, you know, especially especially And do you need at least one friend for that? Or can you jump in by yourself and check it out? You know, you need another. Friend. Okay, but still, only needing one—that's not bad because you and I could just jump in together and you know be like, okay, let's check out this killer. You try him first, and then you know try to chase me, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, and trying to understand the grasp of it. And everything. Yeah, right. Like, training. Like I was when I was trying to teach my friend how to play it a while back. Um, you know. We got in there and I was showing the basics. Because DVD in the beginning, uh, they didn't have the tutorial that they do now. So the tutorial, they do a great job of pretty much teaching you the basics of understanding how to hook, how to hide. Agreed, because I did do the tutorials. Yes, see, and, and you get rewarded some blood points too. So that's even better. Um, back then, they never had that. That wasn't there. 
wasn't in the cards. So I, when I started, they just launched this. I think it hasn't been even a year. It's a tournament oh, wow. launch. So when we this launched, we were just thrown in the mist, and it's like here, look. And uh, and that's what it was. The one thing I'll say, though, the tutorial does teach you a lot of the bare bones basics, but it definitely doesn't teach you any of the meta of the game. Like, you're not going to know, okay, if this killer's coming, what can I do to, like, get away from them? You're not going to know a lot of that. You're going to have to learn a lot of the meta on your own. Exactly. They're just giving you A, B. You need to learn C. Um, right. Because there's no other way to learn it other than exactly. being in the field. Which makes sense because they can't put into tutorial, you know, okay, this is the meta, you know, this is how you do a 360 on a killer. Like, they can't put stuff like that in there because the meta can always change in a game. So they can't do that. Exactly. Really. So they wanted to do a good job of helping new gamers really just understand, okay, this is the basics. Let me get a little and see what you can do. But, you know, now that you explain kill your friends a little bit more, I'm going to have to try that out so I can actually learn a little bit more because I haven't tried it out yet. So I want to try it out now to actually learn a little bit more. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It'd be fun, yeah, that's cool. So we'll have to get on there and try it out. Yeah, okay, exactly. <laughs> but we did talk about the killer a lot, so basically, you know, just to reiterate, the object of the killer is to kill all four survivors, and they can do this by hooking them throughout the three states, so you can get them, you know, from the basically early state of the hook to the struggle state all the way to the sacrifice state where you automatically die. You can also kill them by special circumstances like say if they're bleeding out on the ground then technically the survivor can bleed out long enough that they just automatically die uh i don't think you get points for that though right that's one way you don't get points if they just bleed out uh bleeding out yeah they get points but they will get points they're just it's a kill it'll be considered a kill for them. right yeah but they, but don't they get technically people. can die that way yes there's also the add-ons like we talked about for michael myers where he has a special add-on where you can kill somebody um the hag that we didn't mention, I know there's the thing with the hag where I think it's Devour Hope where you can kill somebody. So yeah. that's another way you can kill somebody. And then there's uh, special circumstances like the jigsaw boxes for the pig. Those can kill somebody potentially. But the, the main way is by hooking players. But there are other circumstances where you can get some kills. And then the last way, which we actually didn't mention that much, is the Mori. Do you want to explain the Mori a little yeah, bit? Yeah, do you have any Mori? It's like we were saying, it's somewhat like Mortal Kombat. It's a fatality, so it's an execution, a unique execution that kill. Yeah. And it's basically one of the offerings that you have to offer exactly. up before the game starts. Originally, it was right off the bat. You can kill them every day. But then they were, That's a little bit too powerful, yeah. Were, yeah, it's a little too much. At least get a hook in. So when you hook that particular that one survivor once, and they're unhooked, now, the next time they are down, you're able to unlock the execution to kill the more. So the more you, for instance, Michael Myers will grab them, turn them around, look at them, and stab them. It's quite graphic. Um, I think. And you show me the clowns the other day too. The clowns is really interesting too. Yeah, well, the clown. Yeah, exactly. So I showed. I was uh showing uh, Blaze yesterday how uh, uh, Maury was for a clown, where he stomped your face into the ground, uh, killed you that way, crushing your face, and then taking your finger. And then he licks your finger. <laughs> yeah, he licks your finger and then puts it in his pocket or other fingers. So there, there's pretty, they all have unique Mori sets. Uh, to some that don't have a stomach for it, I understand. And, and then, like the pig, for example, that basically uses something iconic to Saw, where she basically slashes your throat and, you know, lets your throat bleed out. That's kind of iconic to Saw. So if yeah. you know Saw, you know what that comes from. Exactly. Or um, Leatherface, where he hammers your head and then. Uh, 
few times is the song the Slice Yet and then you have Freddy, the two thousand ten version of Freddy, but they couldn't get the rights for the original, which was unfortunate, but it was still cool to get this one where he kind of puts his claw right through so, That's so cool, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the still the best one out of all of them. I think I would have to say the most gruesome was the hag, where she really what does the hag do? She jumps on you, eats you, and pretty much just keeps ripping the insides out. It's just so graphic. Oh jeez. Yeah, like it's so gory. Uh, yeah, she's probably the one. There's a lot of like I call them crappy because when you got ones like those, they'll light up the other ones. So if you had to say for the listeners out there, which one do you say is the tamest that's, like, the least gruesome out of all of them? The least gruesome out of all of them, I would say, is the doctor. Where he just electrocutes you to death. I think it's, you know, it's definitely really cool. Yeah, that, that, that sounds kind of boring in comparison. <laughs> exactly. He just electrocutes you to death. Um, it's, like, oh. it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, bye. Okay. <laughs> after I've been traumatized after all the ease, I'm numb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, which if you this doctor, anyways, you've already been electrocuted enough, anyway. So it, it's basically like you already died. Yeah, and when you, exactly, <laughs> and when you're put in these Mori states, if you're a survivor, you get an awesome cinematic of it. Um, when you're the killer doing the Mori, you have a first person view of it, so you get two different perspectives of the Mori. Oh, that's cool. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that that's kind of cool. So when you're a survivor. It's kind of cool to look at. It probably sucks if you're trying to get some blood points or you're getting killed and you want to die. But at least you get a good view of that more you know, really cool cinematic. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's pretty much the object for the killer. You know, we already said that they do have um, different add-ons and perks to help them out. And they all had different powers, which are very cool. So if you uh, are interested in this game, I would definitely suggest checking out their powers because something I first did when I found out about the game is... I checked out all 13 killers and I checked out their powers and I kind of got a sense for their playstyle because I figured out which one would be more suited to my playstyle. You know, there's some killers that are more stealthy. There's some killers that um, are better at finding survivors. There's some killers that are basically just your classic killer where they just literally run at you and smack you in the head and, you know, take you out that way. So th there's basically different styles of killer based on the way you want to play. So they all had different powers that kind of enhance those. Exactly, and you start to develop with us and try them all out and start to see, okay, this suits me better, this suits me better. I'm more of a run and gun, uh, so basically I like a clown where he throws this bottle of toxin that slows you down, and then I just hack you, right? Now, I love light bulb, but I have to be really patient about the stocks right. and stocks are crazy. And then, like, the pig, I like the pig because the pig is all about mind games and being stealthy, and that's kind of the thing I like, so... With the pig, you know, I can kind of sneak up on someone and give them a surprise and then also play some mind games with them. So I do like that as well. And also the pig can delay the game, which we'll talk about, you know, more in future episodes. But there's different things like that where it is very different depending on how you play. And like the nurse, for example, you know, um, we said that she can teleport. So basically she's the type of play style where if you use it correctly, you can kind of traverse the map very effectively. Like, I think that's the only killer I would say really doesn't do that. Because he takes out all the prisons of the game, or all the defenses he does. Right. Yeah, basically the meta seems to be that the nurse and the hilti are the best ones. 
right now, yeah, and I'd say the Hag. I think Hag is probably taking the second spot. Yeah. The Hag has some crazy powers. She has that, uh, she puts the hex thing on the ground, she can run over, she can teleport. And I think, yeah. you know, the radius is so big that she can teleport right to it. I believe the only other one that teleports is the spirit, correct? But I don't know much about the spirit yet. She, she more leaves her image in one place and that kind of collides to Without you knowing. Yeah, so you see I, I'm one not exactly sure how that works yet, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll figure it out. She's able to twist. That's mind games on its own, right? So you'll right. think she's behind you and she'll stop moving, but she's not. She's actually gliding to you, uh, leaving that last image of her while she's invisible as a ghost and and then appears when she wants to attack. So, so, so see, there you go, stuff. listeners. You know, that's how big these mind games actually get. So there, there's definitely a lot of depth to this. You know, on the surface, when you see this game, you might not realize it, but there's actually a ton of depth in this game, and that's why we're doing a whole series on it monthly. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to take in. Definitely going to be running through it. Absolutely. You know, we're going to go over um, this one. We didn't get into it too much because this is the intro episode, but, you know, every month we'll kind of go over if any big news that came out, and then we'll also talk about a topic for the episode. So, for instance, next month, um, it, it's probably likely right now we're going to talk about, like, tips for survivors because... Anyone that's you know newer, they're probably going to want some tips on how to survive as a survivor. So that's what we might do for the first episode after this one. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, and then we can move on to those killers. But I think a lot of people, when they do start, they do actually really jump into survivor. So, right. Like, so killers will probably be the month after that. You know, we'll kind of play it by year and we'll kind of figure it out. But we might do an episode on each killer. You know, if you're a big Michael Myers fan, we might do a whole episode on Michael Myers as a killer and talk about how you want to play him as a killer and different things like that so yeah, yeah. throw it out there let us know and if you want if there's something you're really interested in absolutely you know acc will be the expert and i'll be kind of the the new guy strung along learning the game as i go so <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing a great job so far so you're, you're, oh, I appreciate you're that. catching on better than some i've met i'll tell you that <laughs> let's just say i do my homework you yeah, know yeah. when i get you into something do. i do i do a lot of research on no, it you, so. you definitely do a lot of research that's the one thing i was impressed when i, I pointed out the other day i was like wow you're really uh say well what makes you say that well you're telling me all these people i know and you know, <laughs> yes. such a short period of time like people i i watch uh you know learn the game yeah, I was basically looking up all these content creators that like you know stream the game, do YouTube videos on it, and I basically within a week I already knew most of the big names that were involved in the game. So yeah, yeah, and he was telling me them like, yeah, well, who knows? He gets it. Right? So. <laughs> so rest rest assured, you know, people listening, I might not know everything about the game yet, but I'm getting there. So he's doing a great job, and he's getting there and accelerating at great speeds. Definitely throw me I out tried the at least, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah, you know, by December, you know, ACC will just quit, and then I'll just be by myself. And I'll yeah. <laughs> he'll have any more in me, and basically yes. say I quit, but really he, he executed me. No. <laughs> yes. So, so by June, I'm going to hook him on the hook, yeah. and then by December, I'll have more. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because I managed to get off the hook with the Kobe. Yes, and exactly. able to see if I had a chance to run away, jumping, looping pallets, and it just it wasn't enough. His pig stealth was just yeah, too you won't see it coming. I'll, I'll just crouch behind him, you know, around yeah. like September, I'm going to crouch behind him, I'll quickly sneak up on him, and then by December I'll go over the kill. Oh, speaking of that, I've got a, when I, when I stream, uh, when I stream Dead by Dead, I've got a beautiful, beautiful photo of screenshot with the pig crouched. 
camping is personally just hooked, and I'm behind him, crouched to the side of the pick. <laughs> nice. But it's not that. It was the scenery and how the lighting and everything was. It was just like, wow. If I wasn't, if I was a photographer at that moment, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I can't wait to. Eat. That's amazing. Well, we'll have to check it out then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> But, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you are a streamer. So if people want to find you and check out your stream, I definitely suggest they do so. You're an amazing streamer and you're definitely very engaging. So definitely check out a stream. But if they want to find your stream, how can they find your stream? Thanks so much. Number one, that was actually nice. So I appreciate that. Uh, no problem. You can find me at Mixer. I'm on Mixer. Uh, ACC, you can underscore. You'll find me there. I'm also on Twitter, ACC underscore streams. Check me out here. I'm finally getting into social media stuff. I've never been. It's always been kind of a rock for me. But, uh, you know, I was in Philadelphia recently. See me doing the iconic run up the stairs on the Rocky Balboa, uh, you know, stair fame. And you can also see me trying to steal the statue, which did. But, <laughs> I wanted. I don't think they'd like that that much. No, I, I just really wanted a nice background for my street. Right now I've got a lion and a sheep having martini, bringing it up and showing it together. But I thought what would be nice just to have Rocky Balboa's trunks, because it's so tall. I don't know how it fit in my room anyway, but <laughs> I would have figured it out. Just have his trunks there. They might just find that out pretty fast, though, if you're on stream with the statue. You know, they might be like, who, who sold the statue? I mean... <laughs> it's like, oh, there he is. You know, but they realized I was Canadian, and they were like, yeah, you know, we're done. So I was like, okay, thanks. That's what I get all the time. Blame it on Canada. <laughs> well i haven't heard that yet but i mean <laughs> i get it like all of my american friends my good friends are always like they'll play blame it on canada song or something or they'll say sorry apparently canadians say sorry a lot which we, i think we do we will bump into each other at the party so you know we mean i mean no i meant no quote. the big joke i've heard is that like they all say A-L-K. yeah and i was saving that because i figured <laughs> that's the most popular one yeah i've been booked a couple times saying a but not like, how's it going? Eh? Like, I don't do that. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, really? Eh? I didn't like, you know. I, I'll say something like that. But yes. Right. Uh, don't judge me. I am Canadian. And I love being here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, come check me out. And appreciate it. Appreciate the show. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I always tell people on the podcast when I uh, mm-hmm. reference you that basically you're the type of guy that you can have a conversation about the weather and still make it interesting so <laughs> thanks i appreciate it but we did have no a problem. we did have a great return stream yesterday i think it was uh probably one of the best streams i've had in a long time uh we were out there for seven hours it was, it was a crazy i didn't even realize we played quite a few games uh, we had a lot of people that was really interactive really happy and i back it was really humble and then we got some new people we had trollers perfect because i love my trollers <laughs> and and you know <laughs> it was an overall great entertaining uh a day of streaming and then we, i capped it off with dead by daylight yeah the troll must have thought you stole the statue that's what it was yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it was hilarious <laughs> i have a i have a viewer and i give him a shout out i know he's gonna watch this uh, i'm gonna bring her a hot sauce i love this guy he's been with <laughs> he was me funny. from day one he doesn't speak much he's in there he says hi he gives his love I really appreciate him. You know, he's always been there for me. Always been there. Just every, every stream. I can't remember not having him. It's very rare. Uh, he doesn't speak much, but when he speaks, uh, the people that have been around for a long time with me, my, my they listen. And there was a moment with this troller. 
You know, he was just going off. I didn't care. He, he didn't bother me. He was, he was making uh, the jet fire. Ringer pops off just goes up and says, You're an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just was like, Damn! And, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Ringer doesn't speak, and he, I've never heard him ever say something. You know, he's just very, like, loving, just a support. He'll, he does, he's meant a few words. And, it was completely out of nowhere, too. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, that troller stopped talking. Probably left the stream. Yeah, they never said a word after that. And then he messaged me saying, hey, man, sorry, I just know the guys that you were, you know, you were letting in your stream, like, play with you, and, uh, playing in your game. And it was just, you know, I didn't mean any help. Oh, well, I was like, wow, bring her a hot sauce, does it again. So shout See, out to- he, even, he even got an apology out of that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah he, even got, he even got an apology out of him, and uh, I adore the guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a good chap. So shout out to him. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this that are State of Decay fans because this is a mainly State of Decay podcast. We do other games, obviously, because we're talking about this. But um, ACC also plays and streams that. And, you know, he was in the Undead Trials 1 tournament, and hopefully he'll be in the next one, too. So, you know, definitely check that out, too, if you want to see some plays of State of Decay. Yeah, definitely. I got a YouTube channel. The only thing I posted is actually that first round of the uh, event. We We kicked off the event. For the doubles, for the duos, uh, me and my <laughs> my other partner. That was that was a crazy run too. Unbelievable. Um, he DCs seventh wave. I'm there. Barricades are down, and somehow, I don't know how. And at one point, he did two rounds of the game on the phone. So. Yeah, yeah. The one guy did two games on the phone. I was, what the heck's going on here? What's my teammate doing? I'm like, what the heck. <laughs> see, yeah. So you literally see Riff Raff, you know, holding the phone with yeah, his yeah. ear, and he's like, "I'm, I'm losing my mind." I'm like, "What's this guy doing on the phone?" I'm like, "What the heck, man?" I'm like, "I, I need you. You DC, and you're on the phone." Gosh. Anyway, <laughs> we managed pulling it out. Uh, that was the thing I got up on there. But uh, I got to give a shout out to Undead Labs um, for making such a great game. Uh, that got me started in my streaming days, my streaming career. Um, I made a great community uh, on Mixer from State of Decay. Um, a lot of streamers now that do State of Decay, I want to give you guys a shout out with that. Um, Iceman, he, uh, there's quite a few more. Um, Sinestro. Sinestro. These were guys that said, um, they gave me a shout out because they said it was you, know, you that brought this, this community live that we all got to share with each other. I don't think so. I think it's we all just came together as one family. And uh, made something special. Uh, look where it's gone now. So shout out to these guys. They're really good. Exactly. So if you're interested, okay, you know, on Saturday I'll have a new episode about that. So stay tuned for that. We're probably going to talk about the Warlord Legacy guys. That'll be a fun episode. And just to reiterate, um, I might do a stream on Thursday or Saturday. Unlike ACC, I'm not, you know. A full-time streamer or anything i basically just try to do one stream a week if i can do it so hopefully i can do one stream a week that's what i'm gaming for every week but it doesn't always work out so <laughs> he's a busy man he does many things yes. i just don't know how he <laughs> so. even has time to stream to tell you the truth it just blows my mind I'm like, oh this guy's actually got time <laughs> yeah but uh yes I, I try to do it one three or four hour stream a week you know just to <laughs> you know get some love out there to everyone but um it doesn't always work out but Usually, if we're doing a State of Decay community event, that is when I will definitely be streaming more, because I usually referee games for that, so I will probably be streaming more during those events. 
because yeah, I'm always waiting for him to say, well, now I got a movie deal, I got to produce a movie. I'm like, okay, am I number one, first and foremost, congratulations, but second most, why am I not in this movie? Okay, like, you know, what do I got to do for credentials here? But yeah, you know, you're always expecting Blaze to just have something else on the go. Like, he's just a machine. Uh, definitely yeah, we've been doing a lot of State of Decay events. You know, I just did the State of Decay Awards show, so that was fun too. So, yeah, was really awesome. uh, always yeah. more stuff coming up. So, it's always got something going. That's what I'm saying. How does he time time the stream? The only thing I don't do is sleep. So, I don't think he knows what sleep is really. Um, I think he leaves out the uh, the SL and calls it eat. You know, yes. I don't if, if anyone wants to explain this to me, you know, you can have your own podcast and explain it to me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to it. So if you want to explain what sleep is, let me know. <laughs> let me know in the comments. Sleeping memoirs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, that, that's crazy. <laughs> exactly. But um, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me if you want. Theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter or Xbox at Blaze Experience. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. And if you want to find me on YouTube, I technically have one. I don't use it very much. It's mainly just post episodes, and sometimes I put streams on there, but there's one up there that you can view the episodes on. I also have a Facebook group if you want to contact me there. I have a Discord, which will be in the show notes. And then if you want to find the podcast, we're on all the major apps you can find podcasts on so we're on itunes google Podcasts, stitcher podbean blueberry spotify youtube i already mentioned basically anywhere you can find podcasts we're on except iHeartRadio. i'm trying to get us on there but that one's kind of tricky to get on unless you have a certain host so hopefully i can get us on there at some point but um unless you're listening via iHeartRadio, you can probably find us anywhere just type in the blaze experience and you'll find us so that's how you find us and i really appreciate everyone listening you know acc uh, i appreciate you coming on with me today and i appreciate you doing this series with me it's going to be a lot of fun to do this monthly i uh, thank you for having me and i can't wait to be doing more it's super fun so stay tuned you know if you're into this series then next month in february we will have a, another dead by daily episode so um i'll probably announce in future episodes what that date is but we'll, we'll let you know so come back and you know listen again and we'll be back again next month so Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Blaze Experience.